Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 42 of Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and I have only come here seeking knowledge, wrestling things they did not teach me of in college. And joining us now is the star of our show, Bobby Blaze. Damn, Sting, don't stand so close to me up there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, how are you? Uh, well, we missed your friend of Scorpion this week, so welcome back, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I did listen to the episode. Yeah, Scorpion seemed to have done a, quite a good job there. I was pretty happy with uh, his performance. Yes, absolutely, yeah. yes. You know, so we uh, need some draw. We're going to drop some dollars today, we hope, man. That's what we're shooting for. Today we're talking about cage matches, baby. That's uh, yeah. that's going to be the topic of the show. But before we get started on that, I just wanted to say you know, thank you to Scorpion. And I think, Bobby, he might have the second best voice on the Internet. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you. He's yeah. got a pretty damn good voice, man. Yeah, that's what I He's was He's done saying. a hell of a good job on some recalls. He he got me to pop on a couple of recalls. I'll say that. So good memory on that cat. Yeah, exactly. What else is new? Anything? Oh, um, I had a, my second grandchild was born last weekend. Congratulations, um, man. You. That's some good news. Yeah, that, uh, that was good the news. first piece of good news I've had in a long time. Um, it almost happened while my son and I were at the movies watching the uh, the most recent Avengers movie. Okay. And, you know, maybe I'm embellishing the story when I tell it a little bit, but, but <laughs> Micah jumped up and ran out of the room with about 40 minutes left to go in the movie. Comes back, he sits down, I go, is everything okay? He goes, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. About 30 minutes go by, and he elbows me, and he goes, hey, she's in the hospital in labor. I'm like, well, let's go. He goes, oh, there's only 10 minutes left. <laughs> Now, if that actually happened or not, I couldn't tell you. That's the way I remember it happening. Yeah. I hear you. Well, uh, never let the truth stand in the way of a good yarn, you know. I never do. Yeah. So, that, so you named a baby Captain America? Thor, um, uh, what? Well, you know, they, they went with, with Miko, which I don't get, but okay, you know, I, I didn't, I'm not the one who was in labor. So, you know, there you go. Yeah. Cause I would have <laughs> gone with, yeah, I would have gone with Steve Rogers probably. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good for you, man. It's good on you. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any big news or anything, nothing like that, but that's, that's hard to top anyway. So I wouldn't even try to having a new grandbaby in a family. That's awesome, yeah. man. No, it's, it's, uh, that's awesome. It even, it even got me and my ex to go have a drink together in celebration and we didn't stare daggers or shit on each other the whole time. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> They put me in such a good mood. I'm thinking about buying my ex, my daughter-in-law, and my mom flowers when I leave the house. Okay. <laughs> it is Mother's Day, so happy yes. Mother's Day to all you mothers and bad mothers and motherfuckers out there. Yeah, I go like, in the motherfucker category myself, so yeah, exactly. yeah, no mothers no mothers <laughs> out here. Oh, yeah. That's, uh. <laughs> well, you know, Bobby, since, uh, since we've already said, you know, happy Mother's Day, why don't we go ahead and uh, give shout outs to whoever we feel is appropriate this week? And yeah. Then we'll get on well, to cage hey, matches. You got any? Um, you have any at all? I do not. I, I am okay. un, I am unprepared, but I, I know, you know, in pre-production, you said you had a couple, so I thought yes. I'd tee up for that. I'm, I appreciate that. That's uh, because Beck Sunday... May the 19th in Ironton, Ohio at the Rona Theater. FTC is having an event, and um, it's going to be a pretty good event. So many of the guys are going to be over there that I know that I've helped. So I want to give them a uh, quick plug. Uh, Sunday at 4 o'clock, the Rona Theater, downtown Ironton. Misery's going to be in action. 
Uh, my man Casey King is going to be taking on one of my other guys. Man, I really like this guy a lot. It's going to be hard to talk bad about him, but I'm going to probably end up doing it anyway. Jock Sampson, man, he's a tough customer. That should be a hell of a good match. Misery's fighting. Um, that's what's going to be. It's going to be a street fight. He's fighting Big Mike Sark. Uh, that's going to be pretty good. Shane Storm will be there for many others. So uh, I will be making a special appearance, just kind of sitting around, hanging out, talking to the boys and then all the wrestling fans, of course, that come over there. We're expecting a really good show. Um, it is a fundraiser for a local girl, a little girl here that sustained some injuries. I don't know all the details. And I'm just going to kind of leave it at that because that's just it gets too personal for me as far as when a when a child's injured in an accident. And that's pretty much what it is. Um, so it's going for a good cause. And and we hope to make a good donation for that cause. The other big shout-out I want to give is to Chase Armstrong. Uh, man, he got him. I'm going to give him a plug. Chase got on Raw last Monday night, man. And I trained uh, – I've known Chase. He was a young boy. And I told him since the seventh grade that when he turned 18, I'd train him. And uh, I did. And he's a, a real good young man. And he used to work out with my son, Brady, when he was on a wrestling team together. And uh, Chase has just got a lot of potential. And he went down and done the Raw as an extra. He got to come out um, with uh, No Way Jose and uh, do a little thing out there with um, – Lars Sullivan, I think, tossed him around a little bit and this and that. And uh, good on you, Chase. Keep it up, man. I hope you uh, continue your travels uh, or good luck in your future endeavors, as they say, is all I can tell you. But I, I, I like to see these guys doing good, man, and uh, getting in as an extra nowadays. You know, like we've said before, uh, this is not a dig towards anyone, but they're they're a damn TV company, not a wrestling company, and you got to start somewhere. So get, get out there and get exposed, guys. You know, get on TV and, and, and get your name out there and you never know man because everyone starts somewhere so with that said that's just my shout outs man again just may 19th a plug for ftc because those guys are real good to me and then one to chase and um, that's that and you know other than that man let's have a great show about these cage matches oh yeah um yeah you know i was i was just thinking when you were talking about the ftc guys uh when we first started the show i actually would on twitter talk to uh Shane Storm and Casey King quite a bit and i was just thinking as you were talking it's like i haven't really chatted with them at all in the last several months so uh maybe maybe uh, guys if you get a free moment shoot me a note and uh let's see if you guys maybe have some ideas for show topics or something might be fun good deal uh, yeah. good deal uh okay with that being said bobby let's uh let's go ahead and talk about steel cage matches um let should we set the table a little bit? I wonder going into this. Yes. Let's um. Let's talk about so. What as a wrestler, when is the appropriate time for a steel cage match? Well, after you build it up, you have to have. Let's go logically. You got a good guy and a bad guy. You got your heel and your baby face. Okay. That much has been exposed, but you just can't come in and say, Scorpion, I challenge you to a, a cage match. You know, it just, that's just not, we're going to have a cage match for the fuck's sakes of having a cage match. So what happens, I think, you know, is you get a good steam going where, you know, the baby face and the heel, they're having these matches and, and, you know, 
the heel just keeps, you know, getting over, getting over, screwing them with the last minute finishes, you know, this and that. And you build up some heat, Jeremy, whether it's nine months or 12 months or 18 months, you mm -hmm. build that up and you let it stew. And you do a couple little stipulation matches here and there to finally, you know, I think that that baby face, you know, he wants to get his hands on that heel so bad. And that heel has done everything to screw him, you know, from anything from, from uh, and I'm going to let you preface this whole episode with, with with your thoughts on on the whole deal about the cage mm -hmm. but we want to build that up over about you know x amount of time six nine 18 months like we said and then that way we're going to challenge you to the cage match scorpion now we've got a reason to have this cage match you have eluded me and there's no way you're going to get away from me there's no way anyone else is going to interfere this is the last friggin resort we're going to have a inside of a steel cage and we're going to talk about some different cages in a minute too but that's what you do you build it up and then once that cage match starts that's the you know you're you're going for that climatic of that you know period of time where that baby face can finally get his hands on that heel inside the cage so with that said as we spoke a little bit off the air there why don't you tell me why that heel <laughs> really he may or may not want to be in that cage but let's go to more stipulations on the cage match itself if you don't care what is do you want to see someone get out of that cage or get in that cage or just them two battling tell me what I, your thoughts are. I want to see two guys locked in a cage. Okay, so I'll, I'll kind of prep. For me, a cage match is about isolating the two wrestlers yes. who have had a lot of heat. My assumption in any situation like this is that the heel is part of a faction or he's got a group of friends. And, you know, you already talked about how they're kind of chicken shit the face a little bit here. You know, the baby face in the yeah. story, the hero. So my my thought is usually that he's getting ganged up on and nobody's really coming to his aid. And obviously, if he had a faction of his own, they could do a eight-man tag and settle it that way. But you go to the cage to isolate those two so the good guy can get his hands on that chicken shit villain. He can't run away. Nobody else can get in. Also, as you brought up, this story could have been building for nine to 18 months. And back in the day, when wrestling was still wrestling, that meant you had guys out in the crowd with their fucking pocket knives ready to go get that heel. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, yeah. So you needed to keep the crowd out, but you also needed it for story purposes. You need to keep other wrestlers out. Yes. Yeah. So that's what we was talking about uh, beforehand. I, I know you worded that very good. So basically we've got now, we've got these two guys. They built up the angle. We've, we've built it up. we built it up. And we don't want any other wrestlers getting in the cage. We don't want the fans getting in the cage, especially with pocket knives and razors or what have you. Mm -hmm. Okay, now once we're in the cage... The way to win the match, which we'll go into all these different finish stuff, but what's the one way, Jeremy, to not win a fucking cage match? Would you tell me that? Please? Oh yeah, yeah. My my, <laughs> my feelings on how to how to not win a cage match is running the fuck away. You do exactly. not, you do not win a cage match by getting out of the goddamn cage and running to the back. That is not a good stipulation to win on. No. <laughs> build up build up this story and this fight for eighteen months, and then the first guy to run away wins. No, fuck that. Yeah. That's not right. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you want to, 
you may ideally, when you're getting your ass beat, you may want, I don't know if it's ideally to get your ass beat, but you may want to be getting out of there when you're getting mm-hmm. your ass beat, but that's not how you're going to win the match. No. It's, it's climbing over that. Yeah. Now, with that said, I'm going to jump. Uh, just one thing I want to, uh, we didn't talk about this, and we didn't talk about a lot of things. Actually, we're just going to, this is, I don't even know if it's going to be a top 10. We're just going to talk about a bunch of different cage matches. But the one thing I just want to kind of put out there, too, um, I don't think we're going to be talking about any. I just kind of want to put this out there now, and if it comes up, it does. I wasn't a fan of the big blue cages that look like you could crawl through the fucking bars. Mm-hmm. To me, that wasn't a cage. Even though it's, I guess, a cage, I just wasn't a fan of the big blue with the you know squared bars and, and this and that. With that said, one of my, and I know we're, we could talk about every kind of cage coming and going. One of my favorites, though, is the one where they, when you said they keep the fans out of the ring and keep the wrestlers out of the ring, was the one they used in Memphis. It was outside the ring, not up on the ring, mm-hmm. and had a had a top on it. So that to me, like a, a excuse me, real cage. You know, I want to see a cage match. I want them guys to be inside of a cage. Yes. So there's there's all kinds of different cages out there, and um, of course, you know, now we've got you know talk about all the different ones to the hells and the cells and some of the ones that'll come up through this uh, this this podcast. But I just wanted to let you know there's. I just didn't like the ones that, that looked like they was escapable, if you will. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I like the ones that have the barbed wire on the top of them when they're up against the, the ring. I like the one that sat outside the ring where there was a gap there. But still, you had to climb, you know, 20 feet, you know, above the ring and things like that. And also, uh, I don't even know if we're going to bring it up. Uh, one of these, we've talked about some of these, these matches, a couple of we are going to talk about we've talked about before, but where them fans hit the cage at the finish, you know, rolling oh, yeah. there and trying to climb on, you know. So, uh, yeah, we just – I don't know. I just don't think that, that – that blue one to me just kind of, you know, uh, I, I don't think we have anything from that era on this list um, that we're going to be talking about. But I just wasn't a fan of that cage. Anything else pretty much I was a fan of, though, if it involved the cage, because I think you said earlier, you know, if that investment with the 6, 12, 18-month period, we've bought tickets for that long. We've mm-hmm. tuned in every fucking week on a Saturday or whatever day we're watching it, you know, and, and you're watching it and you're following it and you want to see this. And, and you know, you and I, we, we always cheer for the heels and, and this and that. But, you know, you want to see that baby face kick his ass finally or whatever you bought the ticket for. <laughs> The last thing you want to do is see a guy running there and then try to get out to win the fucking match or also look at a cage and say, well, that looks like you just fucking climb right out of it or a fan can climb right in it. The whole idea is to keep the fucking other people out and keep the wrestlers in. Exactly. So we've established yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I always like the, um, what do they call that, cyclone fencing? I like the cage with cyclone fencing on it because, you know, yeah, the big blue steel cage, it looks like it hurt if you get whipped into it. Sure, but, sure. but but that that open mesh fencing, you grab somebody by their hair, jam their face up against it, and then rake that shit back and forth. Right, right. I love that cheese grater move. You know. Yeah, oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. Well, you know, I talked about some matches, uh, the different kind of matches, and uh, I kicked out on two the educational wrestler and a cage match. To me, is probably my favorite matches to watch. Um, I've only been in a couple. I've been in barbed wire fence matches and this and that, and I'm not going to go into that, but I'm just trying to give us a little segue. Let's talk about 
pin me, pay me, have Boostwood travel, and also the Educational Wrestler. I kicked out on two of my two books because that's kind of the way we sponsor this uh, podcast, if you will. We appreciate your uh, patronage, if you will. And tell them where they can get the books at, Jeremy. Oh, absolutely. Well, you can get pin me, pay me by going to tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. And you can get I Kicked Out on Two, The Education of a Wrestler, by going to tinyurl.com slash blazebook2. That'll take you right to Amazon. It's it's our affiliate link. Bobby sells a book. The show makes a little bit of money. You get a good story out of it. And we thank you and all that. Yep. Um, okay. So, yeah, if, if you have not done so, go buy one now. Uh, if, <laughs> if you have already bought them, go buy a couple copies for your friends. They'll appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll appreciate it, too. So let's get into, again, folks, uh, for you regular uh, listeners, we're probably not going to categorize which match was number 10 and which one's number one. We're just going to talk about some cage matches. Uh, with that said, Jeremy, I want to give a quick plug, too. I'm sure you'll get one later on, though. Uh, Tex, our graphic design man, uh, and it also has a YouTube channel we'll post here in a minute uh, or a pitch here in a minute. But anyway, I want to give Tex some credit for sending out some really good notes. We did use some of for this week's show because he had a really good list of his top 10 uh, favorite matches, but we're going to take some uh, different ones and talk about these matches. Where do you want to start at? Because I know one match I want to start with uh, just to bring it up to kind of prep this, and then I'm going to drop another one in later on. But but where do you want to start at? Anything special? Uh, you know what I'm going to start with is I'm just yeah. going to go with one of my favorites just right off the top. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, you, you were asking, like, what should the stipulations be in a cage match? And I say pinfall or submission, unless, <laughs> unless you can do an I quit match. There you go. Um, and I want to say, you know, I've got one of my favorites of all time. I think it was from, I think it was from Starcade 85. Um, uh, Tolly Blanchard, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> versus Magnum TA in an I quit match in a cage. And this thing just goes to, bloody goddamn mess pretty quickly it's vicious it's nasty they brawl more than they wrestle a broken chair gets used to gouge uh Tully's face yeah it, it is a nasty nasty match and i love every minute of it good i had to go back and watch it i finally did because i know we've mentioned it before it's a hell of a good match and i know i had seen it it's just been so long ago you know since i had seen it when we, when we first uh discussed it before mm-hmm. and I, I knew that would probably be the one you would go to you could probably figure I'm going to go to one of two places for mine. I've got several. These are just my favorites, and I've talked to people. The one I'm going to mention, I, I kind of mentioned earlier uh, about the Memphis ring. I'm going to go to Memphis in 87 with Lawler versus Idol, and it was a hair versus hair match, and Tommy Rich hit underneath the ring. And I was talking to my brother about this on Friday, and that's just, I don't know, the whole match is out there. It's on YouTube, but um, Tex had sent it along with his notes. But I I, I just kind of was like uh, talking to my brother without going over the notes, just going from memory before I read anyone else's notes. Or, uh, and fuck's sake, I didn't go online and try to look up, because if you do, it all comes up to fucking WWE mm-hmm. top 10 cage matches. And so I, I held our last episode <laughs> on a mask men. I hold that list. That was a strong ass list on our mask men on the last episode. And I'm going to say this episode, if you go and look up any of these cage matches, I guarantee it. These cage matches stand the test of time. And that match there was, uh, you know, Tommy rich under a ring with, uh, you know, it's probably a six pack, 12 pack case of beer. Who the fuck knows how much beer he had underneath of there. But man, you know, it comes to, hair versus hair match 
and uh, uh, in a cage. They built it up. They built it up, you know, 12, 15,000 fans. And guess what? The wrestlers aren't getting in because it's that big-ass cage mm-hmm. that you have to climb over to have the top one. The fans aren't getting in, but lo and behold, the heels, screw job finish, man. Tommy Rich underneath the cage comes out. Boom, boom, boom. Lawler gets his head shaved. First time he ever lost a, you know, hair versus hair match. Maybe the first time he ever lost a cage match. I don't even know, man. But also it's one of those things where, Jeremy, it's a steel cage, you know, and you're like, ah, these guys built it up, you know, so good, man. Yeah. And um, that that's just one of my favorites. Uh so all these are good ones, I think. So we've got Magnum and uh, Tully in there, and Tully uh, getting his eye gouged. We've got Lawler and Austin there, if Tommy Rich interfering. What do you like next? Just throw well, one out at me because we're not doing any special order. Or oh, well, add what you want to it. You know, well, you know you what? Uh, yeah, let me, let me address that real quick. Yeah, please. Uh, that cage probably saved a wrestler's life that night. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> um, that crowd went apeshit batty when Lawler lost and got his head shaved. Yeah. You know, and Tommy Rich had been hiding under the ring. The one thing that that cage is there to prevent is outside interference. (laughs) And Tommy's under the ring the whole damn show. Yeah, that was... that's yeah. my brother. He asked, he said, who was the first one? Did someone ever hide? And I, I didn't want to say, you know, like, I, I want to hear what he had. So he said, I think. And I, finally I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it's Tommy Rich, the first one, but I know a match that I'm going to on the podcast this week is going to be Tommy Rich was under the ring. You know, that's mm-hmm. the one I, again, if someone could have done it sooner, but, or earlier, I should say, but uh, that was a hell of a good idea man yeah. to prevent anyone from getting in and he's already in there and stayed in there all day I guess while they built the, you know for, let the fans in and built the cage and all that so that's pretty oh, fucking man. impressive man yeah oh, oh um, man uh, yeah say something about fried chicken cold beer exactly <laughs> someone say something about fired up yeah somebody say <laughs> something about uh, somebody say something about pissing in a bottle under the ring <laughs> yeah exactly there yeah. you go <laughs> oh, oh man. shit! Okay. What do you, you like next? <laughs> well, you know what I'm gonna go with next. Just just for me, one of my yeah. favorite moments would be the first War Games. Okay. Um, you know, you got the the double ring with the the big steel cage that encloses two rings, and then as they're announcing, you know, everybody that's coming out, you know, Nikita Koloff comes out with Dusty and the Road Warriors, and the fucking crowd just went berserk. And then, you know, it just, it was, and it just continued to grow. And then it ended in an abortion. I, I don't know what happened at the end of that match, but everything yeah. was like so good that all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, it's over. What the fuck? Yeah. But That's everything, kinda... everything up to that moment was great. Right. Yeah, I remember seeing, uh, hell, everyone got juice in it, too, right, J.J.? Oh, uh, yeah. And that's, that's another thing about the cage match, Jeremy. I don't want to see someone come out and not be bloody in a cage match. Oh, you know absolutely not. I don't I don't care if it's the baby face or the heel or both and a referee, too, for that matter. Someone better, by God, bleed in a fucking cage mm-hmm. match. You're not censoring this stuff, folks. You're in a cage and someone's getting bloody. And that, that match there uh, was another one I went back and looked at was that War Games. Uh, we had mentioned it before. Yep. Uh, on another list, and, and that's that's fine because uh, I had to go back and look at it, and that was one of the things I took away from it was well, one of the two things was by God, everyone bled, but the finish I was like, well, they bled because it was fucking it was a clusterfuck, I guess I don't know what the finish was, but nonetheless, by God, that match was over. Uh, man, yeah. the match beyond Great American Bash '87, I think, is what the reference was here for War Games, the original one. So. Yeah, and you could take any of those war games probably, man. They was all pretty good, but that was the one that stands out. Like you said, I think 
Did Nikita? We talked about the. Uh, he come out the American headband on maybe or something. I think I think maybe huge he pop, did, right? but yeah, but he came out because I mean Magnum had just been hurt. Yeah, and his you know, and they needed you know, well they needed that next tier good guy. You know, they needed yeah, Dusty to have a best friend, <laughs> and they went to Nikita. Yeah, and that was I mean that was just an, an incredible move, and you know I, I don't know if younger people know what a badass Nikita Koloff was back in the day, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he had that fucking look, man. Yeah. He had that look. You know, I wrestled him for a fundraiser, uh, probably 89 or 90. Uh, so, man, I like, it was in my hometown. It was, like I said, 89 or 90 for a, a football player, that uh, student football player, student athlete. And, uh, man, I was just like, oh, my God, this uh, – he just looked so fucking incredible, man, across mm-hmm. that ring. And I thought, man, if he gives me that Russian sickle, I'm I'm getting fucking decapitated, you know? Oh, yeah. But, uh, but luckily, uh, when he shot me off for it, I held on to the ropes, and it went to like a 20-minute Broadway, as it was planned. <laughs> because I have people come up to me before and say, hey, man, oh, I'll kick your ass. I'm like, what for? I don't even know you. And they said, because you beat my favorite wrestler. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking They said, you beat Nikita Koloff when I was like in sixth grade and shit like that. <laughs> Either grown men and still come up to me and they'll say, man, I saw it. And I'm like, God, how old am I? You know, I'm kind of pulling a cornet line there like how old am i man how long i've been in this business you know yeah but yeah the kita had that intimidating factor and he was jacked he oh was yeah jacked. that's about 89 90 something like that and then, but back in 85 86 87 you had all them guys the road warriors nikita uh fuck them guys were jacked man yeah. nikita yeah i was looking across that ring like man see okay uh, I, knows it's a work <laughs> i i always assumed and i i don't know and i i haven't actually heard anything that that bears it out i always assumed nikita koloff was the kind of dude that he worked pretty snug and uh if he if he got that clothesline on you i got a feeling your ass is going down due to gravity not because, I, I, not honestly, because of coordination honestly, yeah yeah i i to this day, I've had people tell me it's no lie. I I ran to a corner and he threw a knee up and it hit me in a cheekbone. I thought it popped. We was at an old alumni gym here in town. We weren't at the armory. We was using one of the school gyms and it fucking echoed. It's where I used to play oh. sports at when I was a kid. It fuck. I seriously, I ran across the ring. He threw a high knee. His knee pad had slipped down off of his knee. And so the bone caught me on my mm. cheekbone and it, it fucking popped. I'm going to tell you that. But again, this was a time when you respected a business enough. That was the thing. He wasn't going to throw the clothesline in that match, the Russian sickle, unless it was a finish. Yeah. And, of course, that wasn't going to be a part of finish. So, like I said, when he threatened to throw it, I, I actually held on to the ropes, and I have pictures of it somewhere, and I'm holding on to the ropes, and I put my head up, even though it's kind of a heelish move. I put my finger up to my head like, aha, I'm smart. You're not going to get me on that because he, he knew, and I knew, and I think the fans knew, if he it does do that, I'm not going to recover from that. It's a finish, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And so uh, we didn't do it. We 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 teased it, and uh, like I said, we went to 20 minute Broadway for for the for the cause, you know. And I, I appreciate that. But anyway, back on track, Jeremy. Uh, let's shift gears here and get back to the cage matches because fortunately I wasn't in a ring with Nikita in a cage when he's fucking jacked. He's trying to take my head off, man. Uh, who do we want to go to next? Anyone you got in particular? You want me to pick? You know what? Let me let me cover one that I remember. Okay. It's and this is because like when I was young and then just started watching wrestling, and um, I was that age where you know my dad would throw me some money and I'd go down to the video store and rent shit. You know, and I got well, um, 
Okay, I got to remember. I think it was the Great American Bash. And what stands out to me about that one is Dusty goes over Flair for the title in a cage. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And there is just something to be said for guys with bleach blonde hair when they start bleeding in a cage match and everything just goes <laughs> pink, you know? Yeah. They came out of that. It looked like a horror movie in there. And um, I think that was just as I had discovered the NWA uh, on TBS, okay. I think. And so that was one that always stands out because I think that was like one of the first real cage matches I had ever seen. Oh, that's cool, yeah. man. That's cool. I think uh, for our pre notes, I think that was the Great American Bash. Is that what you said? I think so. Yeah. And I, now in '86, I think is when they started touring. Uh, so that's one of the cities, and, and Dusty won the title off Flair. Because Flair, did he not do uh, seven? He'd done several different guys during that tour, and then Dusty won it. I had a date, but I forgot to fucking write it down. Um, I, on one of those dates of the bash, they were it was a traveling tour by that time, I think, right? They did like seven or eight, ten cities or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. And um, Yeah, so 86, though, Flair and Rose and, and, and Dusty won the title. Uh, uh, July of 86, I think it was, because they were summer shows like June and July, or maybe just in a month of July. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, so Dusty, that's just, with, now, correct me if I'm wrong, I mentioned off the air, was that Dusty's second title reign or not? Did we talk about that? Um, You know what, I th- I think that might have been his third. I, I think that might have been his third. I'd actually have to go back and check, but okay, I think that might have been, okay. yeah. Because I'm trying to think, because yeah, Dusty... If you're out there listening, hey. Yeah. Somebody let us know. Um, because the Dusty, the Dusty. I'm gonna give us a cheap. Oh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I know I was just gonna give us a cheap plug. If you're on Twitter, follow Jeremy at the Geekish Cast. Follow me at Bobby Blay 744, or hit our dual uh, hashtag uh, shit dual Twitter account Bell to Bell Blaze. Hit us up with the hashtag BBBB and let us know. I think you're right. That's probably Dusty's third title reign. I'm sitting here pointing my finger like Big Dusty himself at mm-hmm. my fucking computer, but uh, we didn't. I didn't fact check that, uh, but I think you're right. But uh, let us know, you know, what you think would be some of your favorite cage matches as well, man. Because uh, this this podcast cast here it could go on and on and on you know with all the different cage masks out there we're, we're touching the tip you know we're going off memory we got some facts written down and stuff man but um yeah let us know hit us up out there on twitter land let us know you're listening to us on the podcast here at the belt to belt bobby blaze we appreciate it very much oh absolutely so, just a cheap plug here for the twitter accounts jeremy that's all <laughs> um i'm trying to remember bobby i think dusty beat harley race once and then flare twice yeah, I think that. He, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. So, but um, I definitely, I always think back to that match because it, you know it was a pretty big deal, and you got Dusty celebrating, all the good guys hit the ring, and it was, it was yeah, yeah. It was a good match, you know. Um, yeah, I really liked it. That's one of my absolute favorites. You know, anything where Flair goes into a cage and gets his ass kicked, that was always something to see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll keep with Flair then. How's that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Flair and Kerry Von Erich with Michael Hayes, a special referee for WCCW. Uh, says here, uh, <laughs> Christmas Star Wars of 82. And uh, basically, Hayes decked Flair. Uh, Kerry refused to win the cheap way. And that's when they go. Uh, and Hayes, when he leaves the ring. And as uh, Kerry's getting ready to get out, I guess, uh, that's when uh, Gordy comes out and slams his head mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, 
I remember that seeing it played back. I didn't see it, you know, back in '82. I mean, I, I probably saw the magazines and stuff. Yeah. And and I may even thought it was later that because I'm sure they played it again later on at ESPN uh, back in the day. And of course, Flair won it, and uh, of course that started the whole not the whole start of it, but it was a good setup for the the feud between the Von Erichs and the the Freebirds and stuff. You oh know? yeah. So, that match there, and, we, and you had Flair with uh, Dusty earlier, so I thought I'd just kind of keep it with the same. But, yeah, Flair, and I don't even know how good the match was, to be honest with you. Uh, I just remember that finish because I remember Kerry getting his head cracked in by uh, 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 Gordy, you know, because Gordy is always my yeah, favorite. So. Well, that is one of those stories. The match wasn't as important as the finish. There you go. You know, that Unlike was Unlike the other yeah. one we mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that was one where... You know what? I don't. I don't remember anything about the match ever. Yeah, I, I've I seen it, it, but you know what? I remember. I remember that ending every time. And that's the way it should yeah. be. That's the way it should be, man. Yeah, you know you there was that yes. was such a missed opportunity. If if Kerry Von Erich just had a few less problems, he could have been a great NWA champion. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I think so. You know, he had that great body. Yeah. Uh, wasn't the greatest interview, but hell, he had that body, and he was pretty damn good. He's a hell of a good athlete. Mm-hmm. And his work rate was, you know, he, he got over. Oh, you yeah. Know, uh, and hell, they could have. Anyway, yeah, that's another. Well, that's another whole story. Yeah, it really is. A fucking series on Viceland about it that's going around right now. It's pretty uh, damn good. You know what? I was, so. I, was, I was hanging out at the bar <laughs> yesterday afternoon where I spend my Saturdays, and, um, a buddy of mine who's a, a medical salesman, we were sitting there talking, and he goes, hey, have you watched any of these 30 on 30s? I said, I haven't seen them yet. I go, but there's a flare one I want to see. He goes, do you, you know about this family, the Von Erics? I do I know about the fucking Von Erics? <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, you know, I, we were talking for yeah. a minute. I was like, uh, I, Kevin Von Eric actually wrote to my broadcast partner after we talked quite a bit about them on the show. So, I mean, we definitely know the Von Erics. So, Again, thank you to Kevin Von Eric for uh, yes, indulging absolutely. us. Yeah, that was an amazing time. I'm always going to be a little jealous because here I am, the big Von Eric fan, and he writes to you. <laughs> you know, it's called getting over, kid. <laughs> I know, I know, but that's how you and I end up in a steel cage match. But oh, yeah, man. I just thought that was funny because you know, I'm yeah. like, you know, out of anybody to ask if they've heard of the Von Erics, I I am definitely the one because I'll be like, oh yeah, let me tell you all about them. That's right, I know that. Yeah. But anyway, that's that. <laughs> yep. So um, let me shift gears here. You got one you want to throw out? Because I'm going to shift gears on a, on, a, on one of these on you. Um, you know what? No, you go ahead. I'm going to throw this out at you because I do remember this. Around the same time period uh, when uh, Snooka, just 80s, of course, folks, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you just tune it in, <laughs> get the 80s here. Uh, Snooka does the top of the cage splash. Uh, on to the big dive on to Don Morocco. And that was a big, big deal. Morocco took it, and, man, it's just a big fucking bump. And I had forgotten to finish, and I had to double-check on this because I think it was, you know, within a couple weeks or so, if you followed the programming back in, and we just had started getting the, the WWWF back then or that time period on a regular basis around here. And that's when Snooker went to the top on Backlund in a cage. And I just tied that together for a time frame. But um, so – as many people probably know by now, I'm not, you know, giving anything away. I guess when, when, uh, at one point when Jimmy Superfly Snooker went up to the Coptic Cage and inspired a young Mick Foley to become a professional wrestler, uh, that story's, you know, in his book and, and been told time and time again. But the dive on Backlund also set up the deal where, where uh, Snooker, uh, turned face because he didn't actually hit 
battling with it. He missed it. And then, of course, they did the deal on TV where, you know, I think the next week Ray Stevens beat the piss out of Snuka, made fun of him or something. I don't know what the whole deal. And it helped turn Snuka. That ended up being a pretty big deal because, uh, you know, Snuka turned babyface up. But those two jumps, the leaps, if you will, from the top of the cage, the, the super fly splash, you know, way back in the day, that that was a legitimate big-ass cage, too. And they said, he, you know, 15, 20 feet up there, the super fly flew, you know, mm-hmm. super fly Superfly fly, you know, as it as it be. But that, that I remember those standing out. I don't even know the exact year on that, 82, 83, maybe somewhere in that time period. But, man, uh, to see someone get up on top of that fucking cage and also barefooted <laughs> and jump, man, uh, you know, I, probably, I don't know. Nowadays, people might say, well, that's not all that spectacular what they do nowadays. Well, I don't give a fuck how spectacular you do something. That there was pretty fucking spectacular. I'll say that when Snooker got up on that cage and dove off onto Morocco and hit him and then missed uh, Backlund a, a week or two later. So that's a big-ass buff to take either way, whether you hit the guy or whether you miss it. That stood out. And again, it goes to, Jeremy, what you just said about the last one. I probably couldn't tell you too many things that happened in either one of those matches, but what I do remember is the finish. Yep. So anyway, that's my rant on that. No, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. I mean, yeah, because, you know, what, we if we hadn't at least mentioned Superfly in conjunction with the Cage episode, yeah. we would be um, shirking our duties as uh, pro wrestling opinion people. Yeah. That is actually a, a big, big deal. That, you know, that jump off the top of the cage, that was before that shit was a daily occurrence. It was before <laughs> before Mick Foley or the, any of those guys had been thrown off the hell in the cell cage. Um, yes. Yeah, so. That's you know. a good one to go to right there, man. Yeah. Uh, what was that? I think it was like 98 when he went through there. Um, when Mick Foley, Bankind or whatever, versus The Undertaker. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a guy we referenced uh, standing there as a fan watching uh, Snooka, and then whatever, another 15, 20 years later, there he is on a fucking hell of a cell top of a cage. And, and, and you know, there's two of them um, where he's wrestling The Undertaker, uh, one of them where he goes through the damn cage, and the other one where he goes outside the cage through the damn table, man. Mm-hmm. But like you said, nowadays, sadly, some things – just uh, kind of like you said, kind of a daily occurrence in that in the wrestling business nowadays. And I don't know if you know that's nah, hell. I liked it when I, when I saw something like when mankind did go through the fucking cage. You know what I'm saying? And you look, and I, I heard him tell a story on a podcast, and he he actually puts over Undertaker. You know, he's sitting there. I think a Stone Cold's podcast, maybe a year or two ago. They're putting him over, taking that crazy ass bump or whatever, and going through that cage. And he says, "Yeah, but you, you know what?" He said, "Watch the match closely, and you'll see Undertaker drop from the top of the cage into the cell or into the into the match uh, into the mat with me." And he does that on a sprained ankle. He said, "So he's putting Undertaker, what a fucking tough athlete he was, yeah. out there working on a broken, you know, not broken but twisted ankle, or whatever, and dropped himself from the top." of the cell to come down and finish the match or whatever but yeah stuff like that man them guys just i don't know you put your body in a damn cage match you're going through some suffering like you said that that uh raking the fence man that that Mm -hmm. move there you're always waiting for that in one of those cage matches excuse me but yeah, I man, that's some good stuff. I don't even know where you want to go to next. We're just talking about cage matches, folks. Well, you know what? Let's um, <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead. Let's stick with Hell in a Cell because okay. because another one. I mean, of course, the Undertaker's involved, but the Undertaker really just beating the holy piss out of Shawn Michaels in that uh, Hell in a Cell match. That oh was, yeah, that was something as well. 
I believe that got match of the year, whatever year that was. Um, oh man, I I think I know uh, we had some notes up. I'm not yeah. mistaken. I did, I did. I had some somewhere. I think, uh, yeah, '97 Bad Blood Hell in a Cell Bad Blood '97 Wrestling Observers Match of the Year for the very first Hell in a Cell match. That's coming from uh, Texas notes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're correct. And also he has in his notes Kane debuts. Ripping off the cage door, attacking Taker to give Michaels the impossible win. Five stars is what he's got written down here. So, hell yeah, man. Once again, what do you remember? The finish. <laughs> yep, that's that's what it comes down to. Um, and a pretty boy getting his face mauled in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. That's, uh, that's, that's a good one, man. That is, that is. Bobby, we got about five minutes here. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, you want to turn this into a two-piece episode, or you want to just wrap it up? Well, uh, how do you want to do it? Well, let's. What? What? You know what? Let's talk about this one real quick. Um, and before yeah. we do that, let me just say, guys, um, you know, to help us keep the show going, I'm going to make a request that you use you know our affiliate links. But one I'm going to tell you to to do just for you is we've got a offer for you to try Amazon Prime free for 30 days. And, Bobby, you've heard the news that Amazon's going to one-day shipping pretty soon with Prime, right? Oh, no, I did not. Yeah, they're going to one-day shipping. Um, awesome. And you can, you can find our link to them by going to tinyurl.com slash bbtryprime. Uh, right on. Give it a look. There's lots of great TV shows. There's the shipping. There's, you know, their music program that you, their basic music program is included with that. I, I of course, do Amazon Music, which is like 15 bucks a month, but you have access to like 70 billion songs. Well worth the time. Um, another thing is, before we get too far in here, I want to remind you guys, uh, our graphics guy, Tex, down in the basement there, down in the boiler room, is also running our uh, YouTube page where he yes. cuts up and puts puts our comments into context with you know historical things and other footage. And you can find that by going to tinyurl.com slash video. So go give that a look. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I want to get those two out there before we wrap. You know, I, what I do want to talk about real quick, um, I want to talk about, uh, you know, Brody, Bruiser Brody versus Lex Luger in a cage. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you brought that one up. Yeah. That one there, I, I, I thought, well, if we do a top 10, that one may make the 10 as a top 10, just kind of as a rib on us, I guess, yeah. if anything. But yeah, Brody and Lex Luger, I guess it's in Florida championship wrestling or championship wrestling, Florida, Florida rather, uh, Fonzie's a referee. Um, Luger goes in the ring, uh, you know, in a side of a steel cage with fucking Bruiser Brody, and Brody starts no-selling everything, mm-hmm. just no-selling everything. I watched this as recently as maybe three or four months ago, again, uh, and it's one of them ones on YouTube, check it out. But, um, yeah, Brody just no-sells the shit out of it to the point to where uh, Luger just gets up and, and he climbs out of the ring. There we go, back to what well, we talked about, the way so, you don't want to win a match. So, so according, to w- yeah, according to WWF rules, Luger won. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, Luger just, uh, you know, he's I, he's gonna get the shit beat down one way or the other, mm-hmm. and he just goes over, climbs out of the ring, and goes back to the locker room, man, and that match is over. But uh, Brody just no sell, Brody just no sells the hell out of it, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, Luger's basically running for his life. Like, what the fuck did I do wrong? And I guess I think you mentioned that before another podcast. Uh, didn't you say that? And he has said. Did I do something wrong out there? He said no. <laughs> yeah, that's there's there's two pieces there's two pieces of lore in this story. Okay, 
I, I don't know. Again, I don't know how true they are, but they're a good story, so I'm, I'm going to stick with them. Right. One, one is that Fonzie tells Luger, like, go, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's going to beat the holy piss out of you. Get out. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is that Luger's, like, you know, trying to figure out, like, you know, what he did to piss Brody off. And he's like, what did I do wrong? And Brody's just like, nothing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've heard both as well. So we'll stick with those yeah. two. <laughs> whether whether that's true or not, that's uh that's the best story going on those. But yeah, I mean, Bruiser he had a face on him that I didn't I wouldn't want to see an angry expression on if he were coming towards me at all. No, nope. yeah, I agree. Well, let me ask you this, Jeremy. We'll wrap this thing up. Sure. We got our plugs in. Uh, do you want to do this again for another episode? Because I think we still, I don't know how many we, we, I don't know how many matches we spoke about this week when it cage matches, but you know, we get this episode put up mm-hmm. and put it out there and maybe do us part two. What yeah, do you think? You know what? I, I, I got another 45, 50 minutes in uh, steel cage stuff to talk to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Let's do that. Uh, yeah. Now, I'm, that? I'm trying to figure out, we're not numbering this week. How do you no. how do you how do you feel that format has worked for us? The top ten? Yeah. I, I think it's always great segues, and today we just didn't use the segues. That's you know what I'm saying? Okay. We no. just kind of talked back and forth, and and it went pretty smooth because yeah. when I wrote up my notes, I was under the impression of. Uh, I was like, man, I don't know how you put these in order because I went by memory first, and then I wrote down some notes. But then text, like I said, had mentioned some notes, and then I had talked to my brother and a couple other people that I run into here and there, and it's like one of those things where I'm like, I'm not so sure that this isn't just a category you talk about. You don't necessarily say, here's our number 10, and here's our number one, and then a bunch of people in between said, I can't believe you yeah. got this one out, or you got this one above that one, this and that. So it's kind of eliminated that this today. Uh, uh, rightfully so, I think, because I don't know how you put one of these matches above the other. Sure, some of them were five-star matches. Some of them, as we mentioned, weren't even that good of a match, but you remember that finish that was a mm-hmm. fucking five-star because people are still talking about it 35, 40 years later, you know. So, so yeah, I, I like our four, uh, I like the way we format it. I like the top ten, but I like the way we're doing the cage matches. That's why I think we got enough material. Let's do an episode two of the greatest steel cage matches of all time. All right, that works for me. Well, everybody, I again, for myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and my co-host, Bobby Blaze Smedley, it's been our pleasure to have you. It's been your pleasure to listen. Join us again next week when we do part two of our favorite cage matches in history. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. You can follow the show on Twitter at Bell to Bell Blaze. You can also follow Bobby on Twitter at BobbyBlaze744 and Jeremy on Twitter at TheGeekishCast. To purchase one of Bobby's books, you can visit tinyurl.com slash blazebook1 to purchase Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boots, Will Travel. And you can visit tinyurl.com slash blazebook2 to get I Kicked Out on 2, The Education of a Wrestler. To donate to the show's podcast hosting fees, you can visit GoFundMe.com slash bell-to-bell podcast hosting fees. Be sure to include a hyphen in every word in bell-to-bell podcast hosting fees. If you follow and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review. Be sure to share the show with any wrestling fan you may know and get on the Facebook page where you can keep up with bell-to-bell fans just like you. Again, thanks for listening to the program and look for the show again next time.